Lead me to some soul today. Oh, teach me, Lord, just what to Welcome, say. everyone, to episode number 56 of a series of episodes that we have been calling Leading Others to Christ. And those of you that have been listening and watching, you know that during these episodes, we try to, they, we have several goals, but we're going to be focused on evangelism. And uh, uh, one of our goals is to stir others up to, in love and good works, as the Hebrew writer said, uh, but especially in the area of leading our friends and neighbors and family uh, uh, to Christ. And uh, we're so glad that you're here today. My name is Dan Barker, and I preach for the Creekside Church of Christ in Franklin, Indiana. Franklin is about 20 miles uh, south of downtown Indianapolis, and I also serve as one of the shepherds. Uh, those of you that know me, you know that I'm passionate about our subject today, uh, and I have been ever since I obeyed the gospel when I was 21 years old in Owensboro, Kentucky. Uh, I've always been striving. I'm going to use some Bible phrases here, but I've always been striving to, to teach others, to sow the seed, uh, to be a fisher of men, uh, to make disciples, to persuade men and women, uh, and to teach others how to teach. I, I see myself more as a teacher than I do as a preacher. Uh, and I always try to bring this up because Paul, when he was talking to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2, 2, and I love this, he said to him, the things that you've heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men, and obviously women, to faithful men and women who will be able to teach others also. And then later in the same chapter, he talks to Timothy about be, becoming useful for the master and uh, prepared for every good work. And, and I love that as well. So back last year, during when all the COVID stuff started happening, uh, came up with this idea and Matt Malden I approached him about being the brains behind it to help me. Um, but it came up with this idea of, of finding the men and women, the fellow workers out there who are doing this, who are reaching and leading others to Christ. And once we've identified them, to interview them, uh, to learn more about them, where they're working, how they're doing what they're doing, and see what we can learn. Uh, and, and quite frankly, to, to try to fire us up again. You know, uh, uh, we'll talk more about this during the interview, but but. Uh, we're so excited that you're here today, and, and we're really excited. I want to encourage you to get out your pen and paper, uh, but we have uh, Kenny Embry with us today. Welcome, Kenny. Thanks. Good to be here, Dan. Yeah, it's really great to have you. And I, I should have asked you before, do I, should I call you Dr. Kenny or Dr. Embry, or do I just call you Kenny? Or Yes, I would be terribly offended if you do not call me Dr. Embry. No, Kenny. Kenny is fine. Hey, I have to share this because my wife even reminded me. My dentist when I was a kid in Owensboro, Kentucky, was Dr. Embry. But, it's, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but he went to school at Western. And you're from Bowling Green, right? That's exactly. But I promise it was not me, Dan. It was, it was oh, not I know, me. I know it wasn't you. Yeah. yeah. All right. But listen, uh, we, we really appreciate you taking the time to do this today and uh, sure. uh, looking forward to getting to know you better. And this is another thing, Kenny, that I've that I've that, that has become aware uh, in doing this is that you know you're number fifty six, and probably I'm going to guess eighty percent of the people that I've interviewed, I have not, I've never met them in person. Right, right. And to me, that's so so exciting about this technology is that uh, I'm I've got a new friend today with with Kenny, right? And uh, right. hopefully you do. And uh, and Lord willing, one day we'll be able to meet in person. 
That'd um, be great. But I, I know that uh, I always start the, the, the interview out with what we call the, the old elevator pitch or the short bio. And, and uh, if you would, kind of bring us up to speed uh, where you were born and, and what you've been doing and where you are right now. And so everybody knows more about Kenny. I, I'm a Kentucky boy. I was born in Kentucky and I lived most of my life there. Uh, I worked, uh, I got my uh, undergraduate at, at Western Kentucky University, went to Florida College before that. And then my life has basically been a series of living in Bowling Green, Kentucky, uh, Nashville, Tennessee, or Florida. And right now I'm down in Tampa, Florida. So I have lived in, in, in uh, Kentucky three or four times, three or four different cities. But but uh, now I'm I'm uh, down in Florida and I've been here, my goodness, probably about twenty years now. So wow. I, I guess I guess I'm here now. And the the, the long and the short of it is I'm a college professor. Uh, I worked in television for a while. Uh, I have never I, I'm not a professional minister or, or anything like that. But I am passionate about God's word. I'm passionate about God's church. And I guess the reason a lot of people might listen to me. I am really excited about what I call digital discipleship. It's the idea of using these tools uh, for, for the, to, to make better Christians. It was what my dissertation was about, not specifically about a Christian application. But the argument that I was making in my dissertation was these tools are really very powerful. And the application to Christianity was just very obvious to me as I was writing the dissertation. So that's something that I have been really on passion, really passionate about in sharing. Well, and that uh, knowing that that was one of the reasons that we wanted to talk to you. And uh, uh, with the uh, we, we're, we're so excited because uh, through this, we there's been so many things that have come up that I just didn't anticipate. And uh we have just got so much information and so many ideas that have been shared with us and how people are using these type tools like Zoom yeah. and all the other things that are out there. And I feel like, and you know this better than I do, I feel like we're just it's the old proverbial tip of the iceberg of what, what we can do. Uh, don't you? Oh, absolutely. I think one of the things that everybody recognizes is that these are tools that have really dangerous applications and we get scared of them. I mean, oh, the, the, the fact is there's there's pornography out there and it is easier to get than ever before. We used to have to go to the seedy part of town. The seedy part of town is now in our living room. I mean, that, that's that's the problem with it. But but the same tool, the, the, the same sledgehammer that tears down things, builds things, too. You just need to be able to use those tools well. And, and my argument has been and will continue to be if we can learn how to use these tools constructively there is great good that can, can, that can come from them. I am worried that we are too often focusing on the destruction and not the construction that these tools allow us. Well, and especially, and I don't want to say especially, but because I, you know, I grew up during the Vietnam area and all the, the racial strife back then. And, yeah. and uh, yeah. President Kennedy was killed and then Robert Kennedy was killed. Martin Luther King was killed. And, yeah. Uh, people say all the time, well, this is the worst time ever. And I go, well, I'm, you know, I can maybe debate that. There's been some yeah. other trying times. But you, we both know that, uh, and everybody listening knows that right now, this last year and a half or so, two years, has been really, really emotional and with congregations and worship. And 
uh, and you read all the stats on the number of suicides and the, the, yeah. the, the, all the depression and anxiety and things that are going on. So uh, now, and, and there's ways that, uh, that and, and that's another one of the purposes of this interview is to talk to people that are dealing with things like this and how are they handling it and what are they doing and what's yeah. working in their community. And um, But you know, you said something there where you, that you're, I'm not a preacher, but you know, that was one of the things that we wanted to do with this was to, um, because, and I want this to sound right, because we try to keep this positive. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Uh, on the subject of evangelism, uh-huh. uh, there's just a lot of folks, maybe I just, maybe I'd be real careful what I say. Uh, okay. There's just a lot of folks that, that don't understand the role of uh, leading others to Christ in, in our congregations, in our communities. I agree. I agree. And even, I mean, I am going to say even some of our preachers, and, yeah. and, you know, and they're caught up in the the model, if you will, of, you know, their two sermons and their class and, and their two classes and other things that their bulletin and all the other things. And yeah. and, uh, and there's no time left to go uh, to go out in the world and, and teach others. And uh, anyway, I'll, I'll stop with that. But uh, but okay. but there's this uh, there's that's why I say earlier that, you know, to try to stir us up uh, and, and, and get on fire again. I've got a article and i've mentioned this several times that was in the owensboro messenger and inquire uh that was the paper there in owensboro where i grew up and it was an associated press article the the uh, religion uh uh, uh, uh the, the, the editor of that and the title and that was in the in the newspaper in 1960 on april the 30th and this is oh, what wow. this is but this was bizarre to me because my birthday is april 30th and in 1960, I would have been 14 years old. Mm-hmm. The title, the title of the article is that the Church of Christ is the fra- the fastest growing church in America. And you can you imagine an article like that? Well, I don't even see newspapers anymore. But can you imagine hearing that uh, publicized today that the Church of Christ is the fastest growing church in America? Can you imagine, Kenny? No, I can't. As a matter of fact, I do know that the the fastest growing religious group are the nuns. It's the people when they when you when you ask the religious affiliation, it's none. And so, not only is it not the Church of Christ, it's not any church. Um, yes. It's 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 really uh, David Kinnaman, who's a researcher, calls this a post-Christian era, and there's an advantage to that because I think there have been a lot of us who have been Christians in name only. And I think when Christianity is on the outs, and you mentioned COVID, uh, think about this. The, the first century Christians were basically prosecuted and persecuted for what they believed. Was there a blessing in that time? Yes, there was. I think there was an incredible blessing. Yeah. There was an incredible blessing because Christianity spread like wildfire, wildfire when it was being persecuted. What was the blessing of COVID? <laughs> look let me tell you hey, some of the blessings of COVID. go ahead to be maybe to be determined but no there are there are blessings obviously this me, is one i hope is that us communicating like this and but go Dan, ahead you, you started a podcast during covid Dan. i know it i know it. that has that been a blessing to you absolutely there you go and, and here's, here's the, the other here's go ahead go here's, ahead i'm sorry i'm interrupting you but no, here's another fine. thing and I, I don't know why I do this all the time. I'm 75 years old. Can a 
beer old guy start a podcast? Can well, you, you answer that for me, Dan. Uh, okay. Right. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead with your thought, though. No, I think you're exactly right. I mean, the, the, the thing about it is I have learned more about different preachers. I have learned more about Christianity. I have, quite frankly, found a lot more voices through this medium than I ever knew before. I mean, like like today, I'm sure you heard about the, the passing of D. Bowman today. Yes, I did. I, how long would that take us if, 10 years ago to find that out? Oh, my. Yeah. yeah you're right. You're right. I, I know. And, and here's the other thing. I can tell Russ, I'm sorry, directly. And he can get that message in a few seconds. And by the way, I mean, talking about D. Bowman, you talk about somebody who was an especially good evangelist. Everybody I know has a good D. Bowman story. He was one of the few people... He would go into a room full of strangers and he told them all he loved him and everybody believed him because he did. Yes. Well, I tell you what, you talk about a really, really effective evangelist. Um, but anyway, I, I, there have been a lot of blessings for me. I, I, I talk to a lot of people uh, individually who have learned, who have basically figured out how to download podcasts of sermons. They don't just hear one sermon anymore. They will hear several sermons during the week. I tell you what, I mean, if COVID didn't happen, I don't know that they would have learned that. I know. I, yeah. There have been some amazing blessings that have come from COVID. I'm no. not saying that it's not a devastating illness. It is. But there have been blessings that have come out of this persecution as well. Well, I, you know, now I know firsthand two weeks ago, uh, literally, I passed out in the, in the kitchen and had to go to the emergency room and found oh, out found out I had COVID. I spent a night in the hospital, uh, and uh, they did all kinds of tests. And uh, you know, thankfully, I was able to leave the next day. Yeah. Uh, and they gave me quite a few uh, tried a few infusions and different things while I was there. But uh, saw firsthand the uh, emergency room full. The panic on all the health workers—it uh, yeah. was really something to observe. And uh, and there's that 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 fear factor is going on. But but now you're 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 exactly right with what you said there of the uh, the blessings that have come out of this. And there's you know there's a number of people out there. I think like you talked about the the nuns, the uh, so many people that are not uh, involved in in spiritual things at all. But there are there's a there's a I'm finding a pretty significant crowd of all of a sudden with all this going on where people yeah. are start, they're starting to think about where they're going to spend eternity uh what that looks like and what you know and and they're they're willing to listen so yeah. that's exciting uh, well i tell you chris emerson who's another guy that you that you interviewed um he he started a a, a chapter a day bible reading group and he asked me to, to, to help him with administer that um and i tell you what that's been a blessing to me there are 40, 4,500 people in that group. Um, I'm sure not all of them are very active. But let me tell you what I'm not seeing in that group, Dan. I, I, I haven't seen the vaccine debate. I haven't heard anybody talk about Trump or Biden. I haven't, I haven't seen anybody who's, who's had any problems with masks or anything like that. You know what we talk about every day? A chapter of the Bible. Isn't that great? 
Yeah. No, that's amazing. That's what that is. Yes. yes. Yeah. And, and, and it's on the platform that everybody loves to take pot shots at. How does that happen without Facebook? And I, I in, in my podcast, I interviewed three people uh, who, who are members of that group who, who, who uh, contribute to it regularly. All of them said some version of, of before doing this group, I had very little or no uh, regular Bible study going on. Y- you know what? It was a little bit of social accountability and, uh, and the ability to connect with other people that were interested in the same good thing. Yes. Um, you can, uh, not you personally, but I mean, it's easy to take pot shots at Facebook because, it, and, and most people, a, a lot of people were, take it as a badge of honor that I'm not there. Look, it's a tool. I'm seeing some amazing things done on Facebook. I'm seeing some amazing things done with podcasting. I'm seeing some amazing things. If you want to find the bad, you'll find it. If you want to find the good, boy, it's there. And there's a lot of it. Well, one thing that you triggered a thought there, and uh, that's what I try to do is feed off things that, that, uh, that you say. But one of them I found is that there's been a number of people that, that quite frankly, really enjoyed this one-on-one of having, this sounds so strange, but having somebody to talk to. Yes. Another, another like-minded brother, sister in Christ, right? You go, well, don't you yeah. have anybody there where you worship locally? Well, yeah, but this is just, this is different. And, uh, and like you say, the accountability and to be able to uh, just focus on these type things for a few minutes with somebody else that's trying to do the same work. You know, that, that, that's fascinating. Hey, I want to ask you something. I remember, I don't know if they did this to you when, uh, when you were a kid. When you were, they called you Kenny, right? When you were a kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a kid. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, you know, I'm, Daniel's my legal name. They call me Danny and now I'm Dan. But uh, uh, but uh, they would say, Danny, what are you going to be when you grow up? <laughs> we want, do you remember, do you remember ever, anybody asking you that? Kenny? Oh, yes, 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 yes. What did you that. What did you want to be when you were a kid? What did you want to be? Oh, a cartoonist. I wanted to be a cartoonist. As a matter of fact, that's, that's oh something I, talk, I talked about on my on one of my podcast episodes. Up until I was about 16 years old, I wanted to be a cartoonist. And, that, and, now, that's hilarious because that's, <laughs> that, hey, that's part of my story. I've Are you serious? To, oh, that, is that weird? That, that is, is weird. <laughs> it is. But, uh, but uh, so I'm, I'm going to ask, follow that up with, so why? You're not a cartoonist, are you? I am not. So why are you a teacher? I, I tell you what, one of the things that I figured out, have you ever heard of the, the five whys? I, I think I have. It's where you ask, okay, why do you want to be a cartoonist? Well, I like, yeah. I like making people laugh. Why do you like making people laugh? Well, I like yeah. making people laugh because it makes them feel good. Well, why do you make why do you like people to feel good? Because they probably think better of me. It, if you go down to to five whys, if you ask that question five times, you basically end up with, with some really simple truths. Let me tell you the reason I wanted to be a cartoonist after I go through my five whys. Okay. I like people. That's why that's why I wanted to be a cartoonist. You know how else I can I, I can help people and like people? Being a teacher. Now, I didn't, I didn't figure that out. Uh, my first three jobs were jobs that taught me what I did not want to do, not what I did want to do. But I think those were just as instructive, just as important, quite frankly. Yeah. And 
by the time I, I, I worked in television for a few years, it was it was not exciting. It was not nearly as glamorous as I thought it was going to be. And uh, one of the things that that happened to me was I got into a college classroom and all of a sudden I could see that I could help people directly with that idea of in loco parentis. In other words, I can be the voice of somebody who is older and wiser to at least an 18 year old yes, and, and help them start making some of the decisions with answers that make a difference. And that, that was important to me. It still is important to me. Well, uh, and I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you are a teacher and, and, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I hope my students do, <laughs> well, you know, they may not appreciate you today. Maybe they do, but you know, I, I can remember uh, this quick story when I was in the fourth grade, yeah. I had, uh, had a basketball coach and, uh, yeah, in Kentucky, you know, they start that pretty early yeah. and, uh, actually played my first game when I was in the first grade, but I had a coach and uh, he was also uh, one of my teachers and I just, I just really respected him. And from that point on, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. yeah I wanted to be a basketball coach. Then later I found out where well, you had to get a degree and teach to be able to coach. Now, you, that, <laughs> that's not true today, but, yeah. uh, but, uh, but that really helped me uh, as a child when anybody, uh, it was kind of a, I was kind of focused on uh, what I wanted to do and, and it really helped. But yeah. Uh, Tell us about the uh, your 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 podcast, balancing the Christian life. Tell everybody a little bit about that. Sure, uh, it's a it's a project that I a, kind of a passion project that I started out uh, a little over a year ago, almost fifteen months ago. I, I did it during COVID, but I had been thinking about doing it for about two years. And then one day, my wife was like, "Are you ever going to start that thing? You bought all this stuff," <laughs> and and I said, "You know what? I'm going to start. I'm going to do that." And so I did. I, I, I started it. And the idea behind it was I wanted to talk to my son, Jake, 17 years old at the time, about what it means to grow up as a Christian. And so that was the first 10 episodes. And then I like you, Dan, I was like, you know, there are a lot of people who do Christianity better than I do. I would love to hear what they have to say about it, what they have to think, um, what makes them a good Christian, what's the heart of Christianity for them. And so I just started talking to people and had a ball and learned so much. And it has been, quite frankly, one of the biggest blessings in my life. I, I have learned so much. I have, I have made so many good friends through this medium by doing this. And it, it has just been something that has been a blessing to me. There are three, there are three uh, themes that have come up. In, in my podcast as I've been doing it. The first theme is that digital discipleship. In other words, how can we constructively use uh, online tools to, to, to help make better Christians? Um, the, the second theme is what I call practical Christianity. In other words, uh, I talked to Edwin Crozier about uh, 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 what it means to be a, uh, a good Christian. I talked to Phil Robertson about how to be a good Christian parent parent. Uh, I've talked to, uh, uh, I talked to Andy Cantrell, who you've talked to as well, about how to, how to, do, to do evangelism better. And I've, I can't tell you how much I've learned from that. But the third thing that I've been, I've been talking about recently is what I call wonderfully broken. One of the things that has impressed me is that Jesus said, I only came for sick people. I didn't come for well people. And the people who were asking that, who he was talking to, 
were awfully sick. They just didn't know it. And I think one of the things that, that I appreciate is we're all sick. We're all what I say, broken. We're all broken and Jesus needs to fix us. And quite frankly, it's where we're repaired that we're stronger. And what I'm looking for are where did, where did you get broken that only God could help? And where are you stronger because of that? Because I think one of the things that I've noticed, especially in my Christian walk, when I get to the building, it's amazing. Everybody looks like they've showered recently. Everybody, everybody looks like they got a good night's rest. None of their children are fighting. And that's not what it looks like in the car on the way over to the church building for me. Um, I'm threatening my kids to be quiet, act right. And I got to tell you, sometimes it's just everything I could do to make sure that the clean, that the clothes on my back are clean, much less on my back. And I, my, my, my life is a wreck. I don't know how everybody else got this figured out. And I, the more I talk to people, I'm not alone. There are a lot of us that are broken. And when we can look at each other and say, this is the heart of Christianity for me. This is what I struggle with. There's a lot of similarity there. And it's, as we've grown up in the church, most of us don't live close to the church we attend. Um, it's harder for us to congregate with people at our congregation because, because uh, it's, well, I wish we had more time with each other during the week. We usually yeah. find that time on Sunday. And so that, that's one of the things that, that I, I lament. But again, it's one of those things where the digital tools can start bridging some of those gaps. Well, it's just like what, what we're doing here. Uh, yeah. the, sto the story, that, and you're doing your podcast, the stories that you've heard. You've heard, I mean, some of the stories are just amazing. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think a lot of times, I don't know. I mean, I think people, I think we all need to hear each other's story. You know, uh, and I know that the main story is the gospel, right? Yes. But the Bible is full of stories. I mean, we read about guys like Saul who become, who was persecuting Christians and he ends up becoming uh, Paul, the apostle. That's and right. An, an incredible preacher and writer. And, but look at, look at all the sermons and all the, the classes that we've had and hearing about his story, you know, yes. and, uh, and all the things that he went through. Uh, to lead others to Christ. I mean, it, yeah. it's amazing. You know, Matt's already held up five minutes. Can you believe okay. it? <laughs> I, it just it goes too fast. But but it, I want to tie this in. You're okay. you're you're a communicator. You have a doctorate degree and a I professor do. of communicator uh, communication and and just thinking about the power because that's what we're doing. The power of communication, right? Yeah, yeah. And and especially in teaching others. And finding those and talking to you, though, you mentioned here the, the heart of Christianity. What do you think is, is one of the, uh, the communication tools or skill set, if you will, of uh, finding those that, that have this heart for Christ? I think the people who are looking for Christ, I think the people who need Christ aren't the ones who are looking for him. But when you tell them, and you kind of alluded to it, Dan. Every important part about Christianity basically comes up when you tell the story of Jesus. 
um, is is there a God? Well, I mean that 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 question gets raised pretty quickly in the story of Jesus. Is God good? Well, I mean that gets ta- this that gets taken up pretty quickly in the story of Jesus. Um, is God real? Boy, that comes up really fast, doesn't it? Sure does. There's not anything about. I mean, I, I would argue that, that that the gospel is the story of Jesus. Because every important question is raised when you tell that story. So I, I, I'd say and most people who come to our, most people aren't looking for a savior. The people who were, who were following Jesus weren't looking for a savior. They were looking for a political and military leader. What they got was eternal spiritual salvation. That was the gift of God because they lived the story of Jesus. Yes. And, and they got they got far more than they asked for the people that, that I know they're sick and they want to be healed. They're poor and they need help. Their life is a wreck and they need, they need physical help. And you know what? The story of Jesus, when it's implemented, well, answers that too. Does that make sense, Dan? No, it it really does. I'm going to say that that's so powerful. And I wish we had more time to dig into that because that, that is so powerful. And uh, that, that leads to the, the next question I have of, of a conversion story. Sure. Uh, all right. And I know you've got a lot of stories, and, and uh, but what's one that comes to mind uh, that you'd like to share with everyone? A conversion, my conversion? What well, kind of conversion? Your conversion, or it could be somebody that maybe you studied with that became a Christian or somebody somebody else that you, you know of. Uh, 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 that uh, just like we we talked last week with uh, with uh, Zeke Flores and uh, and he was telling the story of uh, about his uh, his daughter he was not a Christian and his daughter became a friend of a gospel preacher and she ended up wanting to uh, be baptized and told her dad and he didn't want to go to, and he didn't he didn't go to her baptism and uh, but he ends up being led to Christ later. But that was his personal story that I thought was fascinating. Of, uh, but maybe there's, there's a story that you've heard of or that you're familiar with that you'd like to share. There are so many people. And, you know, the, the thing about it is, is I've been a part of a lot of people's conversion stories. Yes. But I was not the one who put them underwater. And I, I think one of the things, obviously, the, the ones the ones that are the most personal for me are my children. I've got four children and three of them are baptized. And, and, and I look at each one of those conversions and, and my oldest daughter basically came to understand Jesus almost despite me. The, my, my older son, he and I had, had started engaging in a series of what I car, car, call car conversations where we would I would have to take him to some cross-country meet or something like that and he'd get in the car and he'd get in the front seat and he'd say, Dad, what is it about Muslims? And then it became a, a conversation that lasted about 30 minutes on the way to someplace. Yes. And, and I'd say, okay, you know, we, we, we just have, it was a series of Christian conversations. That's what it was. It's, it's how I started the podcast. It was, it was those things. I, and then I think about my, my second son, who was, who's the most recent conversion. And, and he came up to me and he said, you know what? I've been around this long enough to know I need what I need to do. Uh-huh. 
I'm not that important, Dan. I really am not that important. I think the very best thing I can do is tell the story of Jesus and then tell my story and just say, can I help you? Can I help you understand parts of this? Yeah. I don't get a lot of people in the water. I hope I get them in the story of Jesus. That's what I hope I do. Well, you keep doing what you're doing. And, uh, and, and a lot of people will hear about Christ. And I, and I think, you know, I, I think with what you've started doing here, you're going to, you're going to continue to be on fire about it. And with your education background, you, you, you understand some of this at a depth that, that many of us don't. And, uh, uh, and, and that's one thing uh, that has come out of this. I might have mentioned it earlier, but so many different ideas on uh, things that we can do. And, you're, and we're all going to be talking about this as we go forward. Yeah. But uh, I always end it with uh, what uh-huh. I call one thing. Uh-huh. Uh, what's one thing? And there's, there's more than one thing. But sure. somebody comes to you and they say, you know, Dr. Embry, I want to I'm a, you know, I'm a Christian and I want to I want to lead others to Christ. And and I know you been around this you've talked to a lot of people and what would be one thing that i need to do or one thing that i need to learn how to do to lead others to christ love them love them more love them more Uh, i had one guy who who paul gavin it was one of my favorite interviews and i said okay can't use the bible can't use anything else you tell me what love is and he said them first it took him two seconds to come up with that and i got to tell you one of the things that that Obviously, there are tactics that you can use, Dan. If, if, we're, if we're going to, to try and con- tell the story of Jesus, Luke is my favorite gospel because it starts with, uh, it starts with John the Baptist. And, and, and it starts with a lot of people who are very skeptical. And I love that. I love that. It, uh, most people like to go to Mark because it's so quick. Luke is trying to convince people who are skeptical. And I love that. Yeah. Um, but, but if you really... If you really want to have an, an effect on people, the most persuasive tactic you have isn't to turn a phrase. How much do you love them? I, I can tell you, when my students understand that I love them, my evaluations go up pretty well. When my students don't understand that, I don't ever connect with them. Right. And that's, a, uh, look at that last word there, con- con- next to the last word connect how important is it to learn the skill of connecting with others and you know you have we you start a new semester you got a whole class you know you got all these classes with all these new yeah. faces and uh and and that's that skill set of learning how to connect with each one of those that coming from different backgrounds and but uh we can talk we can talk about that for a long time too couldn't we oh yeah you know darren gertis another guy that i interviewed he said and he's a, a fellow professor he said, we don't teach subjects, we teach students. Um, and, and the idea is you, you, you almost always have this conversation of coverage. Are you going to get through the whole book or not? Right. And, and, and it, it needs to come down to what's going to help my students the most. Is it going to be getting every detail in or help, helping them master a few important concepts? So anyway, Dan, I could talk a lot. You know that. You know that. Yeah, I know. And Matt and, and Matt's wondering why we're still talking. No. <laughs> uh, listen, uh, let's say that somebody was listening to this, and I mean, there's many that are going to be listening, but that they wanted to reach out to you. Would uh, would you be willing to share some contact information, or if somebody oh, sure. wanted to 
sure. what would be a, what's a good way to get in touch with you? Well, I mean, you're welcome to have my email address. It's just kembry, K-E-M-B-R-Y at gmail.com. Uh, you're welcome to listen to the podcast. I, I, I've enjoyed that thoroughly. Um, and it's called Balancing the Christian Life. Uh, you're welcome to join the Facebook group that I've got, which is Balancing the Christian Life again. Um, I mean, there are a thousand ways to get a hold of me. I'm really not averse to using you guys using any one of them. Okay. Well, it really, I, and I'm, I'm not just saying this, it really means a lot to me that you took this time. Before I forget, my daughter, Kim, said to tell you hi. And well, I know y'all, y'all were classmates together. We before. were. We yeah. were. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, but thank you so much for taking this time. I know you've got a busy schedule and, uh, Lord willing, we'll, uh, we'll talk again, and we will be following up with you on some other things we're working on. But thanks Sounds again. Ken. Thanks again, Kenny, for taking this time. Well, thank you, Dan. I really appreciate this, man. You yes, sir. Talk to you soon. Melt my heart and fill my life. Give me one soul today.